Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Well, amen. Great to be with you today. Great to see you in the house of the Lord. I want to talk to you today about Sabbath. Sabbath. How many of you grew up and everything was closed on Sunday? Marsha Cruz, stand up and be counted, right? Marsha grew up in Man of War, and Angel was telling me you guys couldn't go out, right, at all after church. No boating, no nothing. You're on an island that's like 100 yards wide, and you can't even, yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, I remember as a kid, remember radio stations? How many of you remember radio stations? Anybody under 30 remember or ever listened to the radio? Okay, a few of you. I mean, I remember as a kid in St. Louis, they didn't play regular music until after 8 o'clock. It was all like preaching and some kind of instrumental stuff. I remember just dying. It's 8 o'clock. It's almost 8 o'clock. We can actually listen to the radio again. It's going to be awesome. Sabbath kind of, for a lot of us, we grew up, it was kind of a legalistic thing in some ways, right? You can't do that on Sunday. You can't do, you can't do this. You, you have to be very careful. And, and it kind of became, for some of us, not all that meaningful. And it kind of fell out of uh, favor with a lot of people because they thought, you know, that's an Old Testament principle. And does it really matter? And does it really apply to the New Testament? Isn't the fourth commandment something that's kind of been left behind? And lately, there's been kind of a resurgence of Sabbath interest among followers of Jesus. And I've actually, as many of you know, been writing on this subject for the last two years and just finishing up this week. Um, so important for us to understand what the Sabbath is and what it's not. Now, some of you are already getting nervous, trying to think, okay, I can't take a Sabbath, and here's why. Hold that question to the end. We'll cover that. Um, but it's important for us to understand the biblical idea and the concept of Sabbath, and it is quite valid today, and it's quite helpful for today. Look with me in Nehemiah chapter 13. It's amazing how God brings subjects up in our normal preaching plan that are really pertinent for today. And uh, so today we're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 13, beginning in verse 15. And if you've been with us, as Phil said, for the last many decades, we've been in Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, we, you understand that Nehemiah is the story of the rebuilding of the wall and the restoration of God's people, and for them again to present themselves as God's people to the world. But they get this wall built, they get themselves all kind of in position to be God's people, and just like when you were saved and baptized, you probably thought, now I'm good, I'm going to go forward, I got it figured out, I'm going to follow Jesus, and then you still had some stuff creeping into your life, as we saw last week. Some people find themselves putting enemies where only God belongs. Talked about that last week. Well, today we're going to look at the challenges they had with the Sabbath in Nehemiah chapter 13, beginning in verse 15. If you'd read along with me, also be on the screen here behind me. Nehemiah chapter 13, beginning in verse 15. The Bible says this, In those days I saw in Judah people treading wine, wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in heaps of grain and loading them on donkeys and also wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of loads which they brought into Jerusalem 
on the Sabbath day. And I warned them on the day uh, that they, when they sold food, Tyrians also who lived in the city brought in fish and all kinds of goods and sold them on the Sabbath to the people of Judah in Jerusalem itself. Let me pause there. So here's what's happening. Supposed to, they're supposed to be living as God's people. And part of living as God's people was to keep the Sabbath, the seventh day. And what they were doing was going ahead with their duties of life. Buying and selling, loading stuff, carrying stuff around, doing their normal work. They were not actually keeping the Sabbath. And so here comes the question, well, Steve, what really, what really is the Sabbath? What's the purpose of it? Is it God just saying, you know, you have to do this? Is, it, is there benefits to the Sabbath? Well, I'm going to give you kind of a brief description biblically of what the Sabbath really is and what it isn't. Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it shows how God at the, he completed all that he completed. He created all that he created. And then what does he do? God rests. He stops because he was really, really tired. No, no. But God rests as an example to us. He stops what he's doing. Really, this word Sabbath in the Hebrew really just means to stop, to cease, to stop doing what you normally do. So when you think of Sabbath, the first thing you have to understand is if I'm going to keep the Sabbath, I need to stop doing my normal assignments. Yes, all of them, as much as possible. The idea of Sabbath is to cease. And God does that as a way to give us an example of how to live because that's how we are wired. That's how we are created to stop every six days on the seventh day to have a day of rest, to cease and to celebrate. And if you know your Genesis account, you know that on day six, Adam and Eve were created. And on day seven, they got to celebrate the Sabbath. The first day that humans were on earth, God said, it's time for rest. They're like, hey, we just got here. This is going to be great. It's like starting your job, starting your job and the very first day, say, hey, today's the day off. You know, we get to, get to have a day off. Oh, great, wonderful. And so they get to enjoy and celebrate God on the Sabbath, the seventh day. Then in Exodus, Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, what happens? God not only has established the Sabbath, but he makes it a law. It's part of the Ten Commandments. You're supposed to rest. It's a commandment. It's not like an option to say, well, you know, I didn't have time to rest this week. I just kept going. You know, I didn't really have time to keep Sabbath. It doesn't really... Wait a minute. I just need you to know it's right up there with don't kill. Okay? Don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, don't commit adultery, all that stuff. Yeah, and keep the Sabbath. So if your resistance is starting to rise up in you right now about this, I'm just going to point to the Ten Commandments, and we're going to point to Jesus here in a second, but I don't know. Do you really want to violate the Decalogue? I don't know. It doesn't seem like a good idea, does it? Sabbath is a gift from God. And it's also a command. Jesus said that the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. What he meant by that is the Sabbath is created for the benefit 
of man, not so that man could be, keep some legalistic law to keep the Sabbath. The Sabbath is to be a benefit for you. It's a way to rest, to re- rekindle, to restore, to experience God, and to bring God glory. Because when you rest, when you take one of those seven days off, you're saying, God, I, I trust you with the seventh day. Even though I've got this list of things I know I need to do, even though I've got, I've got all these things in my life, I'm just thinking about all these things I've got to do, and I, and I can't afford to rest because then I'm going to be behind on Monday or Tuesday. Now, maybe you should rest. Maybe, maybe you should think like Chick-fil-A. Seriously. Uh, I think some of the students are going to come up and sing that song by uh, Kanye, right? Uh, closed on Sunday. Um, no, but Chick-fil-A is a really interesting story. So, well, they're closed on Sunday. I know they could do more business if they're open. You know what? There's this study out there that Chick-fil-A actually sells more, does more volume per store than McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway combined. And they're closed 14% of the time. Think about that for just a moment. Think about what God does with an organization that honors him with their time. So Sabbath is a gift. Sabbath is a command. And then in Matthew, we see Jesus start to talk about rest. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, Jesus says what? He says, come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you more to do. No, that's not what he says. Come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and what? I will give you rest. If you want the rest of Jesus, you get qualified by being weak and heavy laden. Come to me, all you who've got too much to do. Your life is too full. You've got too much responsibility. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling weighed down. Come to me, I'll give you rest. Come to Jesus, I'll give you rest. One of the ways you come to Jesus is you have a Sabbath. Jesus, I want to spend time with you. I want to shut out the world for a while and connect with you. So part of the way that one of the things he's talking about is those of you who are just really busy and you've got a lot going on, but also for a rabbi... The way that they taught you to carry the law was what's called a yoke. So a rabbi would say that, you know, you carry the Torah, the way that we teach you to keep the law is a yoke. So it's, it's a way to, to live that honors God. And so, and so the old way to live was to just try to keep the law. And Jesus is coming saying, I want to give you a new way to live. I'm going to give you a new yoke. Literally, I'm going to give you equipment for carrying the weight that, I, that you have in your life. I'm going to teach you to live differently. Read the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus totally turns our living ideas on its head. Blessed are those, blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. Don't worry. Here's how to pray. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. And then in Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44, Jesus 
is with his disciples and they're going nuts. Their whole ministry is blowing up. There's, there's people coming and going. They don't even have time to eat. And they're like, Jesus says, listen, guys, let me take you away to rest. And so he does. He put, they get in a boat. They go across the lake. They're heading to a desolate place. Looks like they're finally going to get to sit around and just kind of chat and decompress and rest. But that doesn't happen. What happens is all the people follow them along the rim of the lake to where they're going, and they kind of beat them there. And there's all this, cl- this crowd gathering, probably 20,000 people, and Jesus sees them, and he has compassion on them. Of course, you know the story. The disciples say, well, we need to send these people away because it's getting late. There's nothing to eat out here. and They're going to faint and all that. And Jesus says, you feed them. Wait a minute, I, supposed to, I thought we were supposed to rest today. My plan was I was going to get some rest with you, Jesus. We were going to hang out. You know, we were going to cook, fry up some fish. It was going to be great. We were going to sit around the, the fire and tell lies. It was going to be awesome, right? I thought we were going to rest. Jesus says, you feed them. We don't have any food. What do you, what do you have? Well, we got some few fish and a little bit of bread. Give it to me. Jesus took the bread, took the fish. He blessed it, and he gave it back to them. So they became distributors of the blessings of God. See, that's what needs to happen on Sabbath. Jesus, I'm giving you the little bit that I have my one day a week, and I'm asking you to bless it and allow me to distribute it to people the rest of the week. See, they got to see Jesus in a whole different light. They got to see Jesus as the one who provides rest in a different way than they ever understood. You see, when we see Jesus as he really is, there's a sense of rest and relief and knowing that he can carry what he promised to carry. See, one of the challenges and one of the big mistakes we make when it comes to Sabbath is we start to carry stuff we were never meant to carry. And in reality, what we start to do is we start to do the work that Jesus promised to do. Are you carrying more than you should be carrying right now? And are you wondering, Jesus, I need a little help here. That's what Sabbath is all about. Then in Hebrews chapter 4, it's a beautiful picture. The author paints a picture of this ultimate rest. There still remains a rest for the people of God. And what he's pointing to is the ultimate rest in heaven. Marva Dawn in her book, Keeping the Sabbath Holy, says, Sabbath is not something we create. It's something we enter into. It's already going on. It's just a question of will we actually stop and say, God, I want to enter into your Sabbath. I want to enjoy your presence. I want to celebrate with you. The children of Israel had abandoned this, and so Nehemiah, verse 17, he says this, Then I confronted the nobles of Judah, and I said to them, What is this evil thing that you are doing profaning the Sabbath day? He says, This is evil. You're profaning. You're taking something holy and you're making it dirty. You're taking something that God gave you as a gift and you're kind of walking all over it. You're missing this, what God wants to give you. Verse 18, Did did not your fathers act in this way and did not our God bring all this disaster on us and on the city? Now you are bringing on more wrath on Israel by profaning the Sabbath. 
could it be that God is acting in your life in a similar way? That he's bringing judgment on your life because there's no Sabbath. Because you're not honoring him in that way. You're not trusting him in that way. You're not demonstrating faith in him in that way. And yes, you're trying to be him by carrying what he promised to carry. Could that be happening today? It's a very serious issue. It's a glorious issue. It's a glorious opportunity. It's not something just to be tossed aside. God is very serious about the Sabbath, and he's preparing an ultimate Sabbath. So how do we fix this? Verse 19 I love what Nehemiah does. He says, As soon as it began to grow dark at the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, I commanded that all the iPhones, iPads, laptops, I commanded that all the computers, he shuts the doors, doesn't he? He says, I commanded that the doors should be shut and gave orders that they should not be open until after the Sabbath. And I stationed some of my servants at the gates that no load might be brought in on the Sabbath day. Then the merchants and sellers of all kinds of wares lodged outside Jerusalem once or twice. But I warned them and said to them, Why do you lodge outside the wall? If you do so again, I will lay hands on you. From that time on, they did not come on the Sabbath. And then I commanded the Levites that they should purify themselves and come and guard the gates to keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember this also in my favor, O God, and spare me according to the greatness of your steadfast love. Here's what Nehemiah does. He goes, listen, we're going to shut the doors. You have a Sabbath. You're going to have to shut the doors from some things. You're going to have to close in your life from some outside influences. You're going to have to stop some things. You're going to have to shut yourself in so that you can create space for God to speak and for you to be refreshed. He says, we sh- we're shutting the doors. Nobody in, nobody out. Whatever's ever in the stay, who's ever out, can't come in. And there was these merchants that think, no, actually, Saturday's our biggest day. So I mean, Sunday's our big, for them, Saturday was our biggest day. We're going to come in, and we're, we, what do you mean? We're, they showed up, and they camped outside the gates, hoping they would open up. Or maybe some people would, would sneak out or something. And he said, no, you get out of here. So there's a couple things we need to do on Sabbath. One is, We need to make sure we're shutting out our normal activities, our normal work. So what does that mean, Steve? Well, it means ceasing your normal activities. If you're whatever your normal job is, you need to have a day when you're not doing that job. So, Steve, I work on Sundays. My schedule's crazy. I do this on Saturday, Sunday. I don't know what day it's supposed to. Listen, it doesn't really matter what day. It just needs to be a day. It doesn't have to be Sunday. It doesn't have to be Saturday. We're not, God's not legalistic about this. It just needs to be a day because obviously we need people working on Sundays to keep the lights on. Police, preachers, various people have to work on Sundays. Do you have a day that you stop doing your normal activities? A day to rest, a day to worship, a day to connect with the Lord. Because that's what Nehemiah is doing. He said, we're shutting the gates. And not only that, we're telling everyone around us, this is what we're the merchants, you don't need to come back. So if you're going to keep Sabbath, you're going to have to tell people that that's what you're doing. To let them know, I'm not going to be available that day. 
I'm going to shut down on that day and I'm going to have a day that I'm going to honor God. And I'm going to give an opportunity for him to speak to me. I know what some of you are thinking. There's no way I can do that. I just have too much to do. Let me just ask you. Jesus bought your life if you're a follower of Jesus. He bought it. He owns you. Let me ask you, could you not structure your life in a way to honor him one day of the week? One day. Well, you say, Steve, I'm a single parent. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I've got so much going on and and I need help. Listen, I would just encourage you, start somewhere. Maybe it's a day when you don't have your phone on. Maybe it's a day when you change some things. There's still stuff that has to be done, right? There's people who need to be cared for, especially if you're a mom or dad. But can you separate yourself in some way for some time? Maybe it's no TV. Maybe it's no phone, no computer. Maybe it's a lot of things. See, there's so many things that press in on our lives. We just need to shut the door to at least a day a week to give place and space for God to speak, to refresh us, to help carry us through the rest of the week. And sometimes in a family, a a mom needs to help a dad have a Sabbath and a dad needs to help a mom have a Sabbath. Kind of need to look at one another and say, wait a minute, have you had a Sabbath? Because it feels like every time we have a day, I feel like I'm relaxing, but you're still doing your normal stuff. See, Sabbath is not a day when you do all the stuff you couldn't do the rest of the week. It's not a day to carry out your list. And I would say if it's on a list, you shouldn't do it on the Sabbath. Right? I've got my list. I'm going to work through my list. Lists are good. But if you're working through a list, you're pretty much working. Well, what can I do? Well, see me afterwards. I've got a list of things you absolutely can and cannot do. And this, we're going to be really late. No, listen. You can do whatever is worship, rest, and brings life to you. A good nap, good thing. Amen? I'm about an hour from one right now. A good nap is a good thing, right? But there's some great activities you can do as well. You may say, you know what? I really love gardening, but I feel like that's work. Listen, if it brings life into you, great. But if you're doing it because it needs to be done, don't do it on Sabbath. If you're doing it because you want to make sure you get a good start on the next, on the next day or the week, don't do it. Mark off some time. Mark off some time that this is only going to be for rest, refreshment, things that bring life, worship, so I want to bring glory to the Lord to think I don't have the power to do everything and I'm going to back off for a day a week and let him do what needs to be done. How would that feel for you? Maybe you need to help someone have a Sabbath. Or maybe you're resistant to the idea of Sabbath because you feel like you are what you do. And if you stop doing what you're doing, then that's, you've lost your identity. A.J. Swoboda said this, he said, Sabbath is, it's a weekly scheduled reminder that I am not what I do, but rather I am who I am loved by. You're not what you do. That's not who you are primarily. Your identity is in Christ. He loves you. Can you take a day to acknowledge that? Can you take a day to, to give space for him to speak 
for him to give you a different perspective? Can you take a day to show the world that he is God and you're not? For some of you, this is going to be a tough journey. You're like, I never lived that way. What would your life be like if you had a day a week that was Sabbath? What would that be like? I feel like it's probably going to change the trajectory of your life. It did mine. 21 years ago, I stood on a riverbank. I took an extra Sabbath. I took, a, I took a day in the middle of the week all by myself on a river to hear from God. God, what, what is it that you want to do with the rest of my life? I was 39 years old. What is it that you want to do? And I just heard from God in a very natural, beautiful setting. Fast-flowing, spring-fed river, and I listened to the Lord. He called me to ministry that day. Literally changed the trajectory of my life. I will tell you, was it not for that day, I'm not sure I would be standing here with you today. I'm not sure I would have listened and heard the call of God because I was very busy. I was a young father. We had all kinds of stuff going on. What would it be worth to you to fit into with, into with what exactly God wants to do in your life? Is it worth one day a week? It matters for you, for your own well-being. It matters because it glorifies God and, and shows the world how great he is. And it matters to the world that they see a people that trust in God and not in themselves. Would you take a Sabbath? Would you take a Sabbath? Maybe it started this morning. And as you're sitting there thinking, okay, there's a lot of things I can get done before the end of the day today. I want to encourage you, would you set those aside? Get some extra rest. Help your spouse get some extra rest. Do something that is going to be life-giving, it's going to be fresh, could be an activity, could be tiring even. You might take a canoe trip through the Everglades. Watch out for the alligators. Um, you may take a walk on the beach. You may read. You may take some expended time to read the Bible. You may just hang out and tell stories and play games. Don't miss what God wants to do in you through the Sabbath. And this morning, if you say, Steve, I think that sounds really nice, but I don't know that I worship that God that you've been talking about because I like a God of rules. Listen, you need to receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. He paid for my sin and for yours. Maybe today needs to be the day that you receive that. Saying, Jesus, I've tried to be good. I've tried to live by all the rules, but I know that I can't get there. I know that I'm not qualified, but you, Jesus, have paid for my sin. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. God, would you save me? Would you come into my life and cleanse me? And I want to live a life for you. I want to change the trajectory of my life. Oh, don't miss what God wants to do. Sabbath is a gift. It's a command. It's for your refreshing. It's for God's glory. It's for the world to see our God. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. 
Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.